Hi, I'm Tom Zalatni, and you're listening to the No Bad Food Podcast. If you're new here, welcome. This is a show about great food and the people who love to make and eat it. Our mandate is simple, to explore, taste, and learn about food in ways that celebrate all the things that make it great. Every week we dig into a different dish, meal, ingredient, cuisine, or piece of food media, exploring the history and culture around it, sharing favorite recipes, and learning from our wonderful guests. The only rule? You gotta love it. After all, there's no such thing as bad food. Before we dig in, we'd like to take a minute to acknowledge that the studio where we're recording is situated within the traditional and unsurrendered territories of the Ganyangahaga First Nations. As settlers, it's important that we remember that the lands we occupy are not our own, and that we engage in conversations that challenge the colonial mindset. I want to encourage you to take some time today and every day to reflect on your relationship with the land you live on and with the indigenous communities of that area. All right, folks, today's guest here on the No Bad Food LGBTQ 2022 Big Gay Barbecue is Caddy Diop. Caddy is one of the co-hosts of the Yeah podcast here on the Upford Network, where they read young adult novels and learn lessons from them, even though they're not young adults, they're old adults. We are. <laughs> How's that for an intro? It's I been a it. long day. Hi, Caddy. Hi, Tom. I miss you. <laughs> I miss you, too. <laughs> I hate pandemics I like I've been through a bunch, but like, I hate this. this yeah. Is, yeah. I mean, the thing about like being through living through one pandemic, you might as well have lived through multiple at this point. It's like, fuck this, you know? I mean, I won't lie. This is my second. My first pandemic was HIV AIDS when I was a child. Sure. And sure. I got to learn all kinds of great sex ed um, <sighs> because of it, which uh, everyone that came after us did not get. So, yeah. yeah. Well, that that's yeah. Oof. Yep. You're welcome. Yeah. Uh-huh. Happy barbecue. <laughs> Happy Pride, Happy queer folks. barbecue day. Woo. We're getting serious. Let's do it. So yeah, you you are also a sexologist. Studying to be. Studying yes. to be a, sex, yes, a sexologist not to be. officially one yet. Yeah. No, yeah. But yes. So you're you've been studying that forever, then I guess if you think about it. I mean, if you got those those lessons as a child. <laughs> yes, that is true. That is true. <laughs> um, yes, uh, and uh, I was one of those kids who was like I was like a nine year old who was very deeply affected by the HIV AIDS crisis and um, like I would watch all the TV shows Uh, I was slightly precocious and didn't have as much supervision as maybe I should have Um, so I was that kid who was like very serious about like Carposi sarcoma (laughs) and like pneumonia and all these things (laughs) I mean people should have known I was queer at that moment (laughs) Yeah, it's like, well, why is this nine-year-old so invested in the AIDS crisis? Oh, you'll find out. <laughs> Surprise! Whoa. Gotta love it. Love rent. That's true. Me too. Yeah. So, uh, I mean, we, we've already kind of started it, but I guess I'll officially ask you. We always ask our guests at the top of the show to talk about themselves a little bit. Uh, talk about the food that they grew up eating, the food they eat now. And of course, since this is LGBTQ, our big gay barbecue, uh, tell us about your relationship to queerness while you're at it. Sweet. Let's jump into it. Um, okay, foods that I eat, F- foods that I grew up eating. I think we've spoken about this in a couple of uh, other episodes, but um, I grew up in an Africa, West African family, half Senegalese, half Guinean. So uh, that had a very large impact on food in my life. Um, so, you know, rice is my favorite thing in the world. Has to be long grain, ideally basmati. Uh, as I've grown older, a brown basmati is very okay. Ooh, it's real good. Very eh? okay. It's real good. Once you get your water proportions right and you figure out your stuff, you're good to go. Um, so yeah, rice is like, I need it to live. Sure. 
I needed to live. I love it so much. Um, and I like it with everything, basically. Like, I think that any, like, any international rice dish brings me joy. I get that. I, I think, like... I've been realizing recently that rice is one of those things that I can substitute for a lot of other stuff and end up enjoying the meal just as much. And that's like a thing that I appreciate a lot about it. Mm-hmm. Rice does for you what it needs to. I mean, it's great if you've got a stomachache. Uh, it'll it'll take care of, you know, whatever unrest is happening. Uh, you can use rice water to make your hair grow. Uh, you can, I mean, you can make freaking sushi, risotto, and jollof rice with one freaking ingredient that it just brings me joy yeah. and it's also like a great food to gather around like we ate uh so the 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 national dish of senegal is uh chibujin, which is uh the original jollof rice and uh you know when there were special occasions my mom would pull out like these huge bowls (laughs) and the entire everyone there it would often be like if my parents were giving a reception um you know everyone there would like sit on the ground and you'd have like these men in suits like lying like julius caesar and you'd eat (laughs) with your hands out of a common bowl and it was such and that's you know it's very much a part of our culture but it's that's ideally how I like to eat my rice, like with my hands, lazing about with friends. Sure. <laughs> Honestly, I think that I says it. a lot about me. <laughs> I love that. I the the closest I think that I've gotten to that is um, we made biryani once, which is like mm-hmm. a, you know an Indian rice dish that's like super super flavorful and cooked a really specific way. And uh, one of the sort of traditional ways to serve it is to kind of just like flip the pot upside down on a plate and and yes. take it off and just let it be a mountain and uh, oh, that's lovely it's so nice there's something really beautiful about like a a shared meal that like you know is going to get a little messy and that's okay yeah absolutely i think that like i grew up in a a very left-wing muslim family which sure. means that um there was pork in the house and there was booze <laughs> in the house sure yeah um but like well like that it is true um but i think that like all of the all of the religious ceremonies around you know around the family were always like you know during ramadan people aren't eating during the day but boy are they eating at night and uh you know and that is a common experience like it's like a month of celebrating at night and making sure that you know everyone is stuffed for the next day although i think it was a minority of people in my family who, who fasted, but like Eid, big freaking deal. Sure. Lamb, hello, delicious. <laughs> oh yeah. The greatest. Uh, um, but also at the same time, I guess like that had a huge impact. Like, yes, the, the, the African side, but also like getting to meet a lot of other immigrant families around religion was great. And mm. biryani is perhaps one of the most succulent things. <laughs> It's just a good biryani. Like, I used yeah. to run a community center and um, had a large South Asian community uh, that I had the pleasure to work with. And one Eid, uh, there's a mom who cooked biryani. She made a lamb biryani Ooh. and she brought it to my office, like on a tray. <laughs> there was like a mountain of biryani. There, was, uh, there were other like sauces and dishes Honestly, I don't know what the names were, but for her, it was just a, like, my mom had come and taught a, 
a cooking class at the, at my workplace and she was like oh this is for you and your mom she's like you know i know your mom's muslim this is it's our christmas like let's do it kind of thing and and it was just this magnificent moment yeah. of sharing and of coming together uh, through faith culture immigration I, you know you name it but it all worked out and there was rice i love that so obviously this is our pride series and and kind of part of what we're doing here is talking about like the relationship between food and queerness and like what that is right and uh i love this thing of food as a like gift as a shared thing as a thoughtful thing because i think that that is really what it it needs to be a lot of the time right and i think that that is one of those connections to the queer community is that like and i think this is you know a thing that the queer community and like immigrant communities have in common right is like when you find your people you take them in as family and you share and you give kind thoughtful gifts often of food like not even necessarily because you see people are struggling but just because you're like i show love by feeding people and i i think that is so important and so beautiful yeah absolutely i think that you know, when we when we take a step back from like North American, and I'm excluding Mexico from this because sure. actually <laughs> I'm not even going to exclude North America. I'm just going to say that like I'm going to make a big statement and say that in most collectivities, sure, you know, if you're part of a marginalized group, you don't necessarily have access to much at sure. certain times, right? And in those times, well, community care is such a big part of a lot of marginalized <laughs> communities um, because we can't necessarily count on the dominant culture uh, yeah. or, you know, the, the the cishets to just jump in and, and be there to support us. So we kind of have to support ourselves. Yeah. And one of the best way that one of the best ways that someone can show up is with food. Yeah. Like I don't understand how, you know, people have kids and don't have families that come and fill up their freezers or mm-hmm. their fridges and things like that. Like or or someone passes away. Like in, in, in my family, you don't send flowers, you bring food. <laughs> sure, yeah. Um you you know like because well not only you bring food, you bring food to feed the family, but you also bring food because you know, mourning is a is a is a community affair. It right. is it is it it's not just about one person. And in order to facilitate that process, well, you know, in communities where there's not necessarily um, alcohol, well, food is that social lubricant. Yeah. Right. And that's that's really really important. And like, I all of my youths was spend at potlucks queer potlucks with that's how that's how i met most of my queer friends you know just sharing food everybody bringing something there's always something lavender flavored (laughs) (laughs) my queer potlucks discovering like you know super crunchy granola like vegan food yeah and and it opens your mind. You want to try. You want to be there in community with others, and and you want to you want to have a shared experience. And which you know some of us are, are have at times been you know excluded from with 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 the normies. So um, so yeah. So I think that that's that it's a huge tie to queer culture. Yeah, I I love the like the thing of families needing their freezers like packed with food because that is something that like 
even yeah, I was gonna say even the straights, but like yeah, even the straights. Like I've seen, you know, over the years, so many people get that gift of like you just had a baby. Here's a bunch of food. Uh, like there's something about that kind of tradition that I think is a little bit universal. And I yeah. love that because that's one of those things where even the people who don't necessarily have the that kind of cultural relationship to sharing food understand that to be an important thing, right? Where they're like, oh, you just went through a big thing. Here's the food. Like I, I work at a store that sells, you know, pasta now and we sell a lot of lasagnas because our lasagnas are really good. And like... Yes at least like once or twice a week someone will come in and be like friend of mine just had a baby want to give them some lasagnas to freeze and i'm like yeah this rules like good good for you for doing that like you should (laughs) this is this is a good thing you're doing like thank you for doing this Your, your friend will appreciate it a lot i went through a kick at some point when uh uh when the first one uh the first person in my very close uh friend group who had a baby I was like, okay, this kid is going to be my niece or nephew mm-hmm. or, you know, the child in my family, um, in my chosen family. How do I get involved in your pregnancy without, <laughs> you know, going overboard and sure, like yeah. breaking boundaries? And I was like, I'm just going to make you soup. I was like, every time I make myself soup, which is a delicious, nutritious, filling, splendiferous food. Yeah. I was like, I'm just going to make a big old mason jar and drop it off in front of your door. And that is how I got involved in in one of my godson's uh, (laughs) development. Uh, I was like, oh, okay. Like, he is part mine now. You know what I mean? Like, he's, I've been a part of his life since Genesis. We're not linked by blood, but we are linked by soup. Yeah. And we are are linked by friendship. And that is enough. And he is my family. Look, soup soup is thicker than blood. Let's be real. I mean, yes, <laughs> definitely. <laughs> um, but that was my way of getting involved with the friends. And, and, you know, food is a great way out also. Like I'm, mm. I'm you know, I'm, I'm someone who sometimes uh, avoids talking about difficult topics. I struggle with talking about my own feelings at times. Sure. But I can definitely cook my feelings. Mm. And, uh, you know, and, and I, I love to say that, my love language it's not acts of service it's food sure it's it's not to just make the meal but it's to share the meal and i am now starting to get a sense of incredible care when like if i make a nice meal for myself and my girlfriend or or my family or friends or whatever is to like see them enjoy eating something that i've made for them is incredible yeah and it's not like it's it, it doesn't come from a praise kink or anything like that. <laughs> it, it really just is like to see someone be nourished, mm. you know, like maybe because I also like I grew up with 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 West African parents who grew up during very colonial times mm-hmm. and very complicated situations and maybe, you know, have themselves experienced going to bed hungry. Sure. Um, but to me, the idea of nourishing someone that I care about it's huge. I can't pay your bills for you. I can't, uh, you know, I, I, I can't go through life for you, but I will make sure that you are fed at any time that you need it or that I feel like giving it to you out of the blue. Uh, but which doesn't always happen very often because brains. Um, sure, yeah. but, but, 
but it is important to be able to nourish someone and to say like i i see that your soul needs something you know like i i i might not be a grandma one day but i might be a, but i'm definitely an auntie and uh you know auntie's chicken soup is great yeah. and will cure heartbreak <laughs> or at least i hope so <laughs> yeah i mean i i definitely get that that resonates with me a lot like at my last job part of what I did was make sandwiches and like I make sandwiches at my current job too uh I love making sandwiches and and at my last job like a lot of my coworkers would come get sandwiches from from the deli counter like during their shift you know they're like about to go on their lunch break they're like Tom can you make me you know a roast beef sandwich or whatever and I was realizing while doing that that like you know I knew that I loved to cook for my family and friends but there there was something extra like something clicked for me when I realized that I also loved making food for my coworkers where I was like, I don't, you know, have the same relationship with them that I have with my family and friends. Like I, you know, I'm friendly with them. I care about them. Like, you know, I like these people. I get along with these people, but like I hadn't thought about like loving them in that way. And I kind of did, you know, and I kind of love like, a guy came into the store the other day, like maybe half an hour after we opened and I had just taken bread out of the oven uh, and we bake bread first thing in the morning. And then after it cools, we make some sandwiches and we sell loaves and, you know, people will come in like usually toward the middle of the day and get a sandwich for lunch, if anything. And like, we just happen to not have any of our like signature, like porchetta sandwich that we like Ooh. sell the most of yet. And I was a like, little oh, moment yeah. to celebrate porchetta sandwiches. So good. Yum. I'm not oh, even like, that. I'm not a big pork person, but like, I love me some porchetta with a good mm-hmm. like crackling situation happening on the outside and, like, yeah 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 and like some some italian pickles in there oh, yeah. and like something spicy yeah well that's it we do one with like a spicy jardinera spread like it's been like blended you know and then like pickled eggplant anyway um really good sandwich and we just didn't have any yep. yet that morning and the guy comes in it's like 10 30 and he's like oh man i really wanted to get a porchetta like is there any chance you guys like you know what time are you gonna have them and i was like well i just took bread out of the oven do you want me to just like make you one on the spot like i'd be happy to and he lit up he was so thrilled at this he was like yeah okay i'd I'd love to like you know i will i will wait for that thank you and i like made it a little extra special like i i put a little more meat than usual and then i like put it through the panini press like i gave him like a real nice hot fresh sandwich and he was so happy and he came back like a few days later and was like this is the best sandwich I've ever had you just made me the best sandwich I've ever had and he's come back a couple times since then and every time he's like there's the guy who makes the best sandwiches in the city and I'm like that's me I'm the guy who makes the best sandwich in the city (laughs) it's like probably not true but I appreciate the sentiment it's a very it's true to the guy who's saying it yeah I think that that's the important bit and you made his day yeah like it's I think that that's the thing is is you know like I love thinking of food as like a builder like as a part of memory but Mm. but in moving forward like there is definitely something interesting about you know getting older and wanting to wanting to just wanting to care for someone yeah and to i think it's a i i take it as a sign of maturity now i am not the judge on maturity at large but i'm just gonna go ahead and call it a victory yeah yeah Yeah. that's it i i think and this is maybe you know this is maybe a hot controversial take but i think that any trait that you develop that makes you treat other people better is probably a good thing you know just uh, painting with a broad 
brush stroke here. That's a, that's a way we say things. But, you know, like anything that makes you more decent to other human beings, probably a good development. Exactly. A little kindness goes a really long way. Yeah, that's it. And like, I think it's really easy, like, especially when you work in like service jobs, it can be really easy to get like jaded about it, right? Mm-hmm. And, and like, look, there's moments where you're like, uh, this, you know, but mm-hmm. if you can find that joy of you, you've said the word nourishing a lot of times, and I think that's it of, of nourishing people of taking care of people. Like, let your service job feel important. Recognize because, that it is. Because it is, yeah. yeah. So I was like, whoa, hold on. Like, yeah. I feel like I feel like 2020 taught us that, like, folks who work service are heroes. Yeah. And heroes and sheroes. And we need them because uh, we can't do our groceries without them. And a lot of us are too depressed to cook right now. Yeah. And need them to do it for us and uh, against money. And that's fine. Like, yeah. It's valid and it's amazing and it's like I mean, cooking is a talent and it's one it's 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 a meditation. It's 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 something that you develop, right? It's like muscle memory. You yeah. don't jump in the first day and be like, I'm gonna do like headstands from scratch. No, you work up to it and then and then you know, you refine yourself and then all of a sudden you're like freaking upside down and, and making all these cool poses, but it takes time and and that time like feeling the 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 time the effort the kindness all these things i mean it's going to produce a positive result yeah yeah I love that. All right. Well, on that note, we are going to take. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, how do I? Wait, sorry. Here? Was that a really odd? Uh, no. Way to, to wrap that, up that that was beautiful. That was beautifully said. Uh, on that note, we are going to take a second to find out about a way that you can nourish me financially <laughs> and support the show in the process. How's that for a segue to the mid roll? Oh boy, I love it. That was real good. There we go. Hey, welcome to the mid-roll. If you're enjoying the show so far, make sure to hit subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on so that you never miss a new episode. While you're at it, consider leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts or sharing this episode with a friend. For every new rating and review we get during the month of August, we'll be donating $2 to The Depot, our local food bank here in NDG. They can turn every $1 into $3 worth of food for a family in need, so by doing the simple free act of leaving a rating and review of the show, you're functionally donating $6 worth of food to people who need it. There's literally no other way to turn zero into so if that math is exciting for you, go do it. You can read all about what The Depot is doing at the link in the description of this episode. If you want to support the show financially, that would be incredible. We do not get paid to do this. It is entirely a labor of love, uh, but we do get a little bit of funding from listeners like you over at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod. You can pledge as little as a dollar a month, which uh, just becomes $12 a year, or you can pledge, you know, anything that you see fit. You know, maybe you think this is worth $5 a month. That becomes $60 a year, which is also huge. Uh, Maybe you think we deserve $60 a month, which is uh, buck wild and absolutely an option. There's a lot of amazing perks available for people who pledge to support us on there, and uh, you can find out all about them at patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod. There's a link in the description of this episode for ease of access. All right, that's enough for me. Let's get back to the show. Okay, we are back with Caddy Diop. Caddy. Tom. This is the second half of the show. We got to get to our big, meaty barbecue question today which is a weird way to say that but again it's been a very long day uh this is lgbbq as previously Mm -hmm. established Uh, the b stands for 
barbecue. It's for lesbians, gays, bisexuals, barbecues, and queers. Um, oh my god, that's amazing! Yes, I'm tired. I'm tired, folks. Uh, and our theme for LGBTQ this year is everybody's got something to bring to the cookout. So the big question for you today is, what would you bring to our big gay barbecue? Thank you for asking. It's a very important question. Yeah, I thought about this long and hard. Sure. Um, I would bring juices Ooh, okay yeah i would actually probably bring um yes i know shocking i didn't say rice but rice at a barbecue not the most practical to eat yeah, yeah. um but juices um and juices inspired by like the like lovely people that i've encountered throughout my life so like ginger juice to represent like all the a lot of lovely african and caribbean people um who you know steep ginger in water with sugar and lime and then you just throw in some pineapple juice on top and it's exceptional Ooh. hibiscus juice um aguas fr- uh, agua frescas for uh, watermelon in particular because mm. holy cannoli it's so good uh, yeah, so I said those ones. Uh, definitely, like, just a mango, like, a very thick mango yeah. nectar. Like, preferably one that you can only find in, like, a Persian grocery store. <laughs> because I think that, like, I think, I think there's something, like, I don't know, but they get the good juices in the Middle Eastern stores, and I appreciate them for that, and Look, I'm always there. Like, uh, honestly, yeah. like, Akavan. <laughs> As soon as you said that, I was like, I was picturing the exotic juice shelf at Akavan. Like that yeah. is that is just where you go to get the good nectars. 100%. Absolutely, yeah. Some soursop juice, Ooh. just because like it's perfect. Yeah. Um, some like fresh pressed apple juice from like you know just like from our local orchards. Yeah. Um. Yeah. Juice. Juice would be my thing. I love that. I I appreciate this a lot. So our guest on last week's episode, Sophie Lane said that they would bring pickled green beans and i was like yeah okay cool we've got like a nice like crunchy kind of like tangy side and now you're bringing juice and this is great because it's like yeah i know what i'm gonna bring is the fucking meat that's what i do i'm a fucking meat guy and and it's nice to know that like our guests are bringing the other stuff that fills it out right and i think that's so important in the queer community is to bring something that fills it out because we are all we are all unique, unique, special snowflakes is how I'm choosing to say that. We all have something to bring to the table. And like, it's not going to always be the stuff that you immediately think of, but it is going to be something awesome. And that's, yeah. that's what I, that's, that's what I love, you know? That's really cool. That made, that made me really happy. I was actually quite nervous talking about juice. I was like, <laughs> should I be like all fancy schmancy and be like, okay, like some like coffee or like coffee. Uh, rubbed tomahawk steaks or whatever yeah. but unless that's that, your thing don't bring that to the barbecue right <laughs> i mean it can definitely be my thing let's be honest well but, sure yeah, um, yeah yeah <laughs> but but like i mean I'll, I'll i'll get busy with it but um but yeah i i am glad that you appreciate that and i think that like you know, when I think of it like barbecue, I want it to last super long. Yeah. Like I love an all day barbecue. I'm a black person. It's part of our DNA. Sure. Yeah. I feel like having beverages there and like, and very specifically like non-alcoholic beverages. Yeah. Because I have very clear memories as a child of like mixing these really fancy 
different juices <laughs> together <laughs> with like Perrier and being like, yes, this is my version of a cocktail. Yeah. Um, you know, Absolutely. and things like that. And and it's inclusive and it means that everyone can take part in them and yeah. Yeah, well, absolutely. I mean, like, as as a recovering alcoholic, like, I gotta appreciate, you know, non-alcoholic drink contributions. Because, like, I think everyone does have that instinct of, like, oh, I'll bring beer. And it's like, yeah, okay. Like, I get it. I'm not a... Even when I drink, I'm not a beer person. I drink the heavier stuff. Uh, but, like, I get it. I understand, like, a, a refreshing beer. Uh, my go-to is always, like, yeah, some kind of canned soda or, like... <laughs> something like this summer this summer i don't know what it is but this summer i've gotten into mountain dew in a like really embarrassingly big way like i don't even know what's happening to me (laughs) but like i'm sorry i don't know like don't be sorry it's great (laughs) (laughs) but that's it like i i think that there is like there is something to non-alcoholic drinks Mm -hmm. that are refreshing and like maybe have a little bit of a bubbly option to them as well right where you can like you said perrier or like san pellegrino or like whatever generic bubble drink your your grocery store sells as a thing to mix on the side like there's something so great about that like not just because it's gonna be hot outside but a little bit Mm -hmm. because of that right like it gives you it gives you something sweet and fresh to have while you're eating stuff that's maybe going to be a little like heavy and salty. Exactly. And you can dilute and which I think is important because mm. uh, I um, am team not fully concentrated juice sure. uh, just because I was not raised to drink juice uh, <laughs> very often. It was a treat. <laughs> um, but I think that there's something really nice about like being able to mingle for a really long time and having something to drink where like, it, you know that it's actually hydrating you and it's yeah. giving you more staying power. Um, because my issue with alcohol at barbecues is that when it's hot and you're drinking, you get dehydrated. You yep. get super trash. Well, not super trash. I mean, when I do it sometimes, but, um, you know, but, but you get a little soused quite quickly. Sure. Um, and you're, you end up like not feeling great because you're dehydrated and you're basically sweating out corona you know like and 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 that's not that's not like i think mixing it up a little bit sure if you're comfortable or interested in drinking alcohol but otherwise like i could do an entire evening on like juice diluted juice with a fizzy water of any kind lots of ice maybe a sprig of thyme or like rosemary in there if i want to be extra fancy and um call it a day yeah you know what I mean? Like just like enjoy it and not be afraid that a kid will drink my drink will drink my drink and like pass out. Yeah, well that's it, right? It's it is I mean you said it before. It's it's inclusive, right? It it's accessible yeah. to everybody. I think it's it's important when you are like hosting or bringing food or drink to an event to be considerate of the other people, right? We 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 need that as a like a global society. We need to like think about the other people who are going to be there. And like yeah, you know whether it's like a family barbecue or whether it's just like, you know, a menu at a restaurant or something, you have to be conscious of the fact that like, there's going to be people who come in with like dietary needs and allergies and like kids who are picky. Like, you know, even kids who have no allergies are still going to like not necessarily want sauce on their thing. So if you like pre-sauce everything, it's like, okay, cool. You just like stop that kid from having a chicken wing today. Like that could have been a great chicken wing for that kid. And you just ruined it for them by saucing it beforehand. And it's like, you have to, 
you have to be conscious. You have to consider the next person, you know? And that's, that's the beauty of being queer is that we don't sauce our chicken wings first. Yeah, exactly. You know, we just eat them dry. No, we, (laughs) the, the beauty of, of the queer community is that we have seen our history and we can draw the parallel of, okay, well, like people, people put their asses on the line so that we could be doing this right now. And we can plant those seeds so that the next generation have it better. Exactly. And if planting those seeds means bringing juice to the barbecue, then bring juice to the barbecue, you know? I this is say, a metaphor, uh, <laughs> to no, be clear. I, I think I understood. <laughs> but I will say, I don't think I've ever brought juice to an event and had to leave with it. Right. You know, like, juice doesn't go bad. No. It's great. Everyone will drink all the juice. You will get Absolutely. to the end of the event. There will be half a carton of juice and someone will be like, man, I could use like a little bit more juice. <laughs> and they'll drink that juice. That's true. Whereas like you can over over buy like meats and things for barbecues. I do it. I do it consistently on purpose because I want to make sure that I don't run out. And like I always have a lot of leftovers and it's like, OK, yeah, that's fine. We got a lot of leftovers. Doesn't happen with juice. You can't have leftover juice. Nope. You're going to finish that yeah. juice. Yeah, you are. <laughs> And I love, oh, I really love the idea of, like, a bunch of, like, fun, like, quote-unquote exotic juices. Like, that's great. Like, as opposed to just, like, standard juice boxes, like, having something a little, like, because it it, it fancies it up a little bit, you know? It does. And it's, like, a a safe environment to try something completely new. Mm. And because you are at a barbecue and you know that if you take a little sip of cranberry juice and you're like, oh, this is too tart for my taste, you can easily just in the corner, just kind of <laughs> shoot the juice out of your cup and be like, I'm going to go fill it up again. That or juice is for a squirrel now. Yes, exactly. <laughs> We're watering plants with juice now. Yeah, it's uh, it adds to the terroir of the of the garden. <laughs> I love that so much. Oh, no. oh my gosh. Oh my goodness. Well, I love that. I I really I mean, we're going to have to have a a real life big gay barbecue with with juice and pickled green beans and uh oh man, a coffee rub tomahawk sounds real good, but I may just right? do it. I might just make it a ribeye cuz it's a lot cheaper. That's a very good point. Here's a little butcher tip for you. A tomahawk steak, beautiful. Very very impressive thing. You are overpaying for that because that is the same thing as a rib steak that you can buy for like a quarter of the price. And the only reason that you're paying so much is because of the bone. So like, you know, if you're trying to go all out and have that bone on the table because it's like a visual thing, you do you. If you want to do a tomahawk on a budget, get a get a ribeye, buy a bunch of uh, (laughs) buy a bunch of just like bones from the freezer for marrow uh, and uh, tie them together with some twine and attach that to the steak. It'll cost you like a third of the price and be just as good. Okay. I just pictured, I just pictured you trying to MacGyver yeah. like a shank bone yeah. onto a ribeye with like twine and parsley. And it brought me incredible joy. As I was uh, saying that I gotta be clear that that was mostly a joke, but like, you know what? Tom, I would do it. I would do it. In this economy, 
you're right. No tomahawk steaks. <laughs> so yeah, let's 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 MacGyver it. Yeah, it's like those those like extra little little bones there, those little discarded bones that you just get for marrow or whatever. Those are great. I mean, they have more marrow in them than the tomahawk bone. Honestly, I'm not a proponent of tomahawk steaks. I think they're bullshit. I'm just gonna say that. Just get I think a that's fair. Yeah, like it's flashy, whatever. Don't bother. Make make it flashy a different way, a cheaper way. Yeah, no kidding. Buy a nice ass candle that costs the same amount as the difference. <laughs> <laughs> For I your mean, barbecue. Get yourself a barbecue candle or a barbecue scented candle. <laughs> now that I would get behind. Okay, sure. Yeah, I mean that's just like pecan, right? I would say like it would need something peppery in it, mm. just because I like to season things oh. with a lot of flavor. And um, honestly, I wouldn't be opposed to a slight waft of garlic. Sure. I'm surprised that I'm not finding in this very quick Google search a Montreal steak spice scented candle, because I feel like that ought to exist, you know? That's wonderful idea. Yeah. Maybe, maybe that'll be my next project. <laughs> <laughs> It'll be the merch for the podcast, Montreal Steak Spice. Terrible, terrible, awful idea. Oh, my goodness. All right. (laughs) Caddy, thank you so much for doing this. It's always a pleasure to have you on the show. Always a pleasure to talk food. I like that you you touched just briefly on soup in this one, because I think we did a whole episode about soup together a while back. So if people want to check that out, I'll include a link to it in the description of this one. Um, Because, yeah, you are such a soup person. You're, You're a soup fiend. I'm a soup nerd. Yes, 100%. I love a soup. But not a barbecue food. No. It's a winter food. Yeah. You could maybe, like, you could make soup on the barbecue, but it would feel silly. Yes. You know? Yeah. No, that's not for me. Yeah. Caddy, if you want people to find you places... It's not the... (laughs) That's not usually the way I ask that, but uh, give us your plugs is what I'm trying to say. Um, Yeah, you can find me on the Yeah podcast uh, or... Otherwise, you can just find me on all social media at caddy underscore D. Mm-hmm. Very simple. Yeah, very exciting that Yeah is back after the hiatus. Absolutely. We needed those three months to rest and come back a charging. Indeed, indeed. And come back charging, you did. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. <laughs> My pleasure. All right, Caddy, take care. Thanks again. Bye, Tom. And that brings us to the end of our show. Thank you so much for listening to No Bad Food. Do you want to be part of the conversation? Hit us up on Twitter and Instagram at No Bad Food Pod and individually at Tefferbear and at Tom Zalatni. If you like this episode and want to help us make the show even better, you can head to patreon.com slash no bad food pod to donate. For as little as a dollar a month, you'd be joining the ranks of fine folks like Gab, Kendallin, Thomas, Ann, Erica, Carlea, Andrew, Chantal, David, Mallory, and Sarah. Our patrons get access to all kinds of awesome perks, including the ability to request topics for episodes of the show. If that's exciting for you, you can head to patreon.com slash nobadfoodpod to make it happen. We also have merch, and you can hit the merch link in the description to get all sorts of great stuff from our lovely friends over at Public. and of course you can support us for free by leaving a rating and review on your podcatcher of choice, and by sharing this episode with a friend. Our theme music is by Zach Exotic Juice Ingles, and our cover art is by David, man in a suit eating rice with his bare hands while reclining on the floor, Flam. You can find links for both of them in the description of this episode. And last but not least, this show is produced by me, Tom Zalatni, and edited by me, Tom Zalatni, as part of the Upford Network. You can find out about all the great shows on our network at UpfordNetwork.com. See you next week. You understand. It just takes a little time. It takes a little time. It takes a little time.
Hello, my name is Stefan, and please join me every week for my podcast, Some Good Friends, a show where I talk to some good friends of mine. And I think you're going to like them just as much as I do, because they're crazy, and they're wacky, and they're hilarious, and they're definitely real people, and not characters made up just for the sake of comedy. It comes out every Monday, early in the morning. On behalf of the Canadian people, welcome to the Game Great Podcast. Gay and Grey Montreal is a new social group for English-speaking gay elders from the 2S LGBTQIA plus communities. So it's a good way to at least connect with people. Members share their experiences, memories, and opinions on our podcast. Welcome to our community. I hope you feel well. I hope you feel accepted. And I hope that you can share anything that you want. This is some of my story. And I hope you enjoy it. Oh, I have a great story. (laughs) 